Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We are so glad to have with us uh, here in studio, right? He's the man of downtown, Chuck Nelson, the city councilman. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm having a fun day. Oh, that, that's good news. What's making it fun? Because, uh, you know, we're just we're sludging along here. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, no, no it's uh, yeah, not, nothing too particular. Just getting back from a little vacation and uh, uh, took a little time off at Thanksgiving. So it's it's just getting back to the mess of not doing anything for a week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, I, it always it always actually surprises me, uh, you know, the that the Thanksgiving vacation is actually kind of a nice one. Because it's four days solid that you, either you're going to travel or you're not, and and it's it, it's kind of it's kind of cool. But uh, um, I'm trying to get our Facebook Live going here. But I want you to kind of weigh in on something I talked to the mayor about two weeks ago, and and I appreciated you calling in because you were helping us uh, understand the um, the the parking ticket thing, and we'll talk about that in a second here. Okay, um, but. Uh, I did ask the mayor about aggressive panhandling and vagrancy. And, again, you're a pastor. You know the downtown. Can you talk about what you've seen? What has your experience been? And do you see any indication that things are getting worse or are people reacting poorly? Or What's your thoughts on all that? Yeah, and, I mean, so that's – so a little bit of that's my city council stuff, but uh, I pastor a church that is at the same building as the upper room, wow. and I'm on the yeah. board for the upper room. So that's that's really uh, that's really my my wheelhouse. Um, yeah, a, a couple things happen. One, we have less people working downtown, so there's there is like a um, a sort of go with the flow type of you know keeping ducks in a row type of mentality to society. When there's a lot of people moving in a sensible way, it it one it kind of washes out the nonsense and then two it kind of keeps the nonsense in line mm. uh you know models behaviors for people but uh you know these past couple of years as people have not been downtown as much uh as the resources have been so concentrated it's it's not only become more visible um but it's it's has become uh, a little bit worse with less people around to you know to model appropriate behavior uh just as much as you might get uncomfortable with homeless people or you know like people with mental health issues or something like that they're uncomfortable when there's a bunch of people that are you know all walking in the same direction you know they, they don't they like to fit in so you know there is there is well, that's behavior. an interest that's an interesting um take on that is in so far as that the busier that we are the more i hate to use the word normal but the more uh appropriate behavior appropriate behavior kind of begets more appropriate behavior yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, it's, it's one of those things. We have a lot of people that come to our church and sort of double dip on it, and we're like the church they like to serve at. Mm-hmm. And then they'll meet guys that are struggling with homelessness and addiction stuff, and then they'll bring them out to, like, their nice suburban church. And those guys come back, and they're like, yeah, I don't I don't want to do that again. You know, like, because they recognize that they're not fitting culturally into some of those yeah. settings. So when you have a large amount of people downtown that are working, and there's still, you know, we're still not back up to capacity downtown, you know, there's a little less of that to wash it out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see how it's made people less comfortable. And we are dealing with a, a higher rate of homelessness right now. You know, there hasn't been a lot of houses built these last couple of years. 
Um, so the overflow shelter just opened uh, the week before Thanksgiving. I think it was like the 16th. And they kicked off the year with like twice as much people as what they usually do. They start their, usually, their year usually in the teens, like maybe 15 people. I think it was three dozen the first week. Oh, my. So, I mean, we're, you know, we, we, do, have, uh, we do have some issues. Yeah. Wow. Uh, do you feel that the home team and, and the nonprofits are up to the task? Or do we need to do more investment and more talking about all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I'll always say that we need to invest more in helping yeah. the least of these. Sure. Um, but, you know, there's some there's some cool things that are happening in this community. Erie Downtown Partnership has those uh, their ambassadors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ambassadors downtown, he's a guy that was homeless for, I don't know, maybe 18 years. Wow. You know, uh, alcoholic used to take his handle of vodka every day. And uh, he's a guy that was coming to the church. Uh, we weaned him down. There was a lot of people in that community around him. Uh, but, it, you know, it was days of bringing fruit smoothies over to his apartment while he was weaning. And then because of the way alcohol and sugar work, you know, once he starts realizing how much little, how much less alcohol there is, you start throwing a little extra chocolate in. Yeah. Um, you know, we weaned him down to a sustainable level. Now he's working for the downtown partnership. And what's cool about it is now he speaks that language. They're guys he right. knows. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's not something where you want authority harassing that you know like right. move along type stuff it's you want their neighbors to them as much as i say that you know the people moving keep them in line when their brothers when they're the people like them are keeping them in line it's way more effective so i mean so I, I dig it what they're doing with the ambassadors program and your downtown partnership but i'm not directly working with that you know i just right. i'm just a, a fan sure 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 um the uh the panhandling it seems like it's – is it a separate issue than, like, just straight homelessness, kind of shaking somebody down? I, 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 it's not for me so much. It's it's really – I worry about the young – especially the young women that work – you know, that live and work in this neck of the woods here. I mean, we're trying, we're trying to reboot yeah. a, a whole, uh, you know, area for commerce. Yeah. And it just seems like, you know – I'm seeing how they react to different – panhandlers right in front of my window here yeah and and you know i know the characters that walk in front of your place uh, i think yeah. some of them are, some of like the friendly <laughs> characters of our downtown community i think you right. give a wave to when i sure. when I'm walking out of the coffee shop um but no uh yeah it's 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 uncomfortable um you know the, the city has a, a panhandling and loitering ordinance um and and but the thing is people don't understand how it necessarily works you know a lot of these guys are on probation and a lot of them for non-violent i mean the percentage of non-violent crimes is strongly outweighs it uh so it's not like a safety matter Mm -hmm. uh and if you're out on probation and you get hit with one of these summary charges your po can revoke your probation and then you spend three months in jail for asking someone for money like that that's the kind of stuff where you know we have to determine whether it's uh whether whether we're being punitive towards people just so that we're more comfortable or if we're actually doing justice and that's that's um you know that's the scales that we have to kind of weigh out in in a legislative position yeah and uh and and that we need to measure in society I would think that most people would want to see permanent solutions, redemption and all that stuff. Um, But there's probably still a percentage that they don't want to they don't want to have any any restrictions or, you know, don't tell me what to do kind of thing. You know, yeah, but those are still mental health issues. Things that are restricting them are inside their own brain, inside their own being. Um, you know, and you see it like like I mean, I make the joke about waving because I'm literally walking guys past your place from time to time to get lunch right. and we wave to you. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, one of those one of those guys, you know, he was on the streets for a long time. He's now in like his third apartment because he struggles to maintain it. 
Um, but you know, it's, it's a mental health issue. You watch how he gets off his meds. You watch him be less stable with it. They're not getting the wraparound services that they were Ooh. once getting and they're less productive because of it. So, I mean, yeah. even, even on the case of the, they don't want it, it's probably a mental health issue. Before we uh, get into the budget, I want to ask you about one more thing, again, that came up during the mayor's conversation. We had a, a, quite a bit of, of a chat about DEI, okay, and the consultant. They spent $90,000 bringing a consultant. They found over 50 different changes and things. What's your take on, on DEI and all that? In general or in the Well, well I, th- I think both in. I feel like... Um, uh, you know, there's a greater conversation about diverse area and the DEI commission for the for the county and so on. And cities part of the county. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, it's so measurably a problem in society. You know, I mean, you can you can go and you could when you can when you could broadly take the stats as to where you know certain ethnicities, whether you know whether it's racial or whether gender issues, and you could like verifiably demonstrate that there is less wealth. And then you can go back and you can trace some of those policies that have happened. You know, I, I mean, I was, ex- you always, I always want to go back to the redlining example. You can yeah. see my block that it's about 70% owner occupied, the block to the north, the block to the east are 30% owner occupied. Well, a hundred years ago, somebody walked through there with a clipboard and counted that there was a few Negroes on those blocks and only a couple on mine. So they financed the houses differently. Oh now, now that's a hundred years ago, but I mean, it's it, it's affected how they funded education. It's affected so many different levels. So how do you how do you do justice? And uh, and justice for that may may not be the best for me because I'm a straight white guy that mm. comes from a lot of opportunity. Um, but uh, you know, if I if I understand that you know that my scale has had you know that I've had less burden on me to ex- ascend, then uh, you know then maybe maybe justice is providing other opportunities, providing better education for those. And so, so I'm in general concepts. I mean, I can look at this sociologically and such. Sure. And I, and I can see how benefits. Um, the city, uh, you know, we're we got we got the report back. Um, you know, this is one of the better reports I think we've gotten back. You know, there's other other studies that I've sat through with the city where I've been less impressed. Uh, this one, this one, I was impressed. I think they they came in with the right level of experience. Uh, they were able to demonstrate who it was that were, you know, statistically and obviously being left behind. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of funny. I was talking to him afterwards because the way our city's broken up, like, you know, way back when we still had the wards, you know, like before we were strong mayor council, like, and, and there was the factions, you know, there was the Italian faction, right. uh, the Polish faction. Yeah. And I go get, I go get breakfast with one of those old Italian guys every, uh, about every month that's an uh, old elected official. And like legit, I'm pretty sure he voted for me because he knows that my, my, mater- my paternal grandmother was Italian. You know, yeah, like, right. and there's still a little bit to it. Uh, but you know, back then it was the the police and the fire departments were the Italians, the, the public works were the Polish. You know, like mm-hmm. there was those kind of divisions, and you could still see it with some of the last names. Interesting. You know, like they still work there; they're third generation public works. Well, I even asked the mayor about that. You know, if, if the DEI commission or the DEI consultant was make sure we're clear on this, if the consultant said, "Hey, you know, you, you've got to you've got to change some union rules." in order to make uh, more diversity happen, that's kind of a hard lift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. And yeah, yeah, there's so many different aspects. But there's there's other ways that we can work around it. Hold on a second, Chuck. Let's grab a phone call here. Hey, you're live with uh, Joel Natale and Chuck Nelson on Talk Erie. Go ahead. Hi, Chuck. Hey. Hi, uh, Joel. This is uh, Dave, uh, presently in Las Vegas, but originally from Erie. Graduated of Cathedral Prep, 1970. Uh, Angelo, I believe, was my classmate. Is that your older brother? He is. Joel? Yep, he sure is. Yep. 
one of my favorite classmates. Uh, I was living on a trailer court. Chris was driving. He stopped, paid me a visit, and had a great conversation with him. But uh, let's talk to business. Now. What's Chuck doing now? So we're talking about the budget and All other, right. other city issues. Yep. Okay, well, um, time to tighten the belt a little bit. I hate to see anybody lose their job ever, ever, ever. But I hate to see taxes go up. Uh, the people are just getting stra- strapped. And we need more t- taxable properties in Erie. And I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah, you're not going to get any uh, any argument from us. <laughs> we we definitely oh, wa- we definitely want to see that going on. Hey, Dave, I thank thank you thank you so much for co- checking in here. I'm up against a hard break. Take care of yourself. All righty, uh, great to hear from uh, our friend Dave. Chuck, before we go to the bottom of the hour here, let's let's get started in some of the revenue sides of things. Okay, and so let's talk about uh, stormwater fee. Finally, uh, uh, you guys at, on council approved what the, the mayor had proposed here. What are your thoughts on, like, stormwater and, and that whole system there? Yeah, it's like what that guy Dave just called in about, yeah. you know, talking about getting different revenue sources. And, you know, like, we're going to have to fund these repairs no matter what. The, the government's requiring it because of environmental issues. Okay. So it's going to come down to about $3 million here. Um, $3 million tax increase is uh, $135 on my house. You know, to raise that much tax revenue on proper taxes is $135 tax on my house. Uh, with the stormwater fee, I'm only going to pay $24. Okay. So the way I'm looking at this is that it's stuff I'm going to have to pay. There's usually only one way to pay it. In this case, I'm going to be paying it with $111 less. And instead, Hammond Hospital is going to be paying it with a lot more money than they previously would have. Because uh, they don't pay property taxes. And a lot of the properties in Erie don't. Now, like I said, I'm a pastor, so the building doesn't pay property taxes there. Now the church sure. has to pay stormwater fee. Um, but, yeah, it's... Well, how, how much... Wouldn't they just pay, like, 36? Uh, no, it's different for commercial properties. <laughs> okay. So 36 is the top end for residential properties. And I live in a beautiful, big downtown historic house. And uh, and I'm not, I'm not paying... You know, I'm still at the $24 range. So okay. you're, you're looking at these like downtown 3,000 square foot places. They're still $24 range. So uh, most people are going to be seeing that 24 a lot in the $12 range. Very few are even seeing the 36 range. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So I do have this issue about fees, and we're going to yeah. see it in the, in the sewer and, and garbage fees too. Yeah. Is that, you know, that, that, that house on Cherokee, that puts out three tr- uh, trash bags and uses, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe uses a, a bit more water, uh, but especially when it comes to the, like the garbage fees and stuff. That's it, that three three bags of trash on Cherokee gets charged the same amount as the three bags of trash on Fourth and Reed, you know, and it's like something that something's not right about that. Yeah, some of them are, you know, water and sewage. Those are by usage. Um, you know, garbage. That's that's not. Um, but, you know, I, I get annoyed about that stuff too. I mean, I live yeah. I live six blocks away from here. I don't drive my car much. You know, and I get annoyed having to pay tons of taxes to pave tons of roads for people right. to drive a lot. You right. know, yeah. Um, but some of that comes out of gas tax. Some of it comes out of property tax. You know, like yeah, there's there's some sort of hybrid to it all. Um, you know, in the case of garbage, when you start paying for it by bag, you start having people try to avoid that fee, and then they start illegal dumping. Illegal dumping. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I don't there's no way that you can there's 
I haven't seen anyone try to illegally sewage yet because that gets done by the water usage. Yes, like yeah. if you want to go do something in a bucket and like throw it somewhere, you could save a few bucks. Uh, no one's doing that with sewage. But with garbage, it becomes an issue. It is amazing. Do you remember when we had that crisis um, uh, maybe 10 years ago where people were not paying their sewer bills? Yeah. And as soon as they sent it over to Erie Waterworks to and hooked it with your water, uh, I mean, bills got paid. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly that happened. You want yeah. way too much information about this? I, I've yeah. been looking through. They're all posted on the city's website. So in March of 2020, before COVID hit, we were right around that $700,000 range in unpaid. It's still unpaid. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that was low, though. I mean, it used okay. to be millions. It used to be millions. And you could go on that page, get grab on your computer, hit Control F, and then start looking up people you know and see if they don't pay their bills or not. Uh, it's all public information. Wow. I'll tell you which officials don't. Um, and then, but because of COVID, you know, we couldn't turn off water for a while. And then there was bailouts for, you know, landlords because they weren't getting rent and they weren't able to evict. Wow. So it's grown from 700,000 up to one and a half million. And when you look at the pages, you know, that you'll get a whole page with the same owner, but different addresses, landlords usually. Sure. That have gotten behind by thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. Is it is it just because uh, uh, out of sight, out of mind, if, if they know that there's no, the, no punishment, they're just not going to pay? I mean, I think so. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I wow. mean, that's... And I mean, some, you really get yourself in a hole, though. Yeah, sometimes the penalties are worth it for the cash flow. Yeah, know? I guess so. Um, so trash and sewer, that's going up this year, isn't it? We still have to vote on it one more time, but I expect it to. Uh, you, already, you, already, you already voted yes for the stormwater. Yes. What, yes. What, and, and let's talk about double parking. How does that affect you and your kind of your top line d dollars, you know, as far as the parking fees. So the f parking fees uh, overall, we reduce the amount of revenue we're going to be getting from parking tickets by. Oh. About, oh, you didn't know that. Part? I didn't know that. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the mayor did say it was revenue neutral, but yeah. you're actually saying it's going down. Ninety nine point seven percent revenue neutral. If based on last year's numbers, we should lose about seven thousand dollars. Wow. So, I mean, when you're talking $2 million budget, it's nothing, right? I mean, that's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's, it, we're going to, we're going to be, uh, we, we, we tweaked the parking schedule um, so that it should be about revenue neutral, but, but much more beneficial to our residents. Okay. Uh, let, let's, let's talk about that because uh, <laughs> here's where I get goofed up, but you basically made it, you, you basically equalized the penalty for the odd even parking, you know, the, in the residential districts and the the um, over overdue meter parking, yeah, it's the same penalty, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There was two big goals with that uh, shift. Well, three. The first goal that we were kind of that they kind of put on they, you know, like council is the way to get four yeah. votes, and the mayor was uh, less against it. Uh, was that had to be revenue neutral? So that Ooh. was number one. Uh, number two was that we wanted to. Um, that we wanted to give people a full pay period before the penalties started escalating. So you got your, you know, your little old lady on Social Security down on Fourth Street. Yeah. She, uh, you know, she zaps out her check on the first of the month, and she needs to come up with them thirty bucks to pay the fee. Well, by the time she gets her next check, it's up to a hundred bucks. Oh my! Like that's that's, that's uh, it's too punitive. Yeah. Um. So you know, there was there was an idea to normalize that a little bit more, and then the or have it escalate at a more reasonable rate. And then the third thing was, uh to normalize it between residential and commercial parking issues. Yeah. Um, so we, we did all three. Um, out of the 10 different parking categories, only one of them went up. Everything else went down by or stayed the same. 
Um, but the one thing that did go up was uh, on-time tickets by meter to parking. Right. Uh, and now those are, they went up from 15 to 30, still less than any of our comparable cities. Um, pretty much all the comparable cities are at a minimum of 45, Reading and Allentown specifically. Our guest is City Councilman Chuck Nelson, and um, we're talking about budget. We, we've been talking about the income side, Chuck. Uh, let's talk about some of the expense side for the uh, remainder of this program. And um, first off, if I, if I were to ask you where we are right now with the budget, uh, as, as the mayor has presented it, is it, does it even look anything close to what, he, what he's presented right now? Yeah, from year to year, it doesn't change that much. Okay. You know, I mean, we, we have, uh, you know, city council has a $30,000 line item for professional services that we very rarely use. And it's been in the budget uh, for as long as I can see. I mean, you know, like yeah. like you go online and pull up 20 years of budgets. It's always in there, and you can see that we – Is that for lawyers or accountants or whatever? Exactly, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, maybe some consultants, yeah. maybe some you know studies to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, But if you got an idea that you want to study, you want to leave it in there. So, I mean, a lot of that stuff carries from year to year, and a lot of it doesn't get spent. You know, I mean, they yeah. try to uh, – Shepard has been really careful about cutting a lot of those areas so that the budget looks cleaner. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, various spots put up some resistance to that because they want to have access to it when they need it, they need it. Um, and his thing has always been kind of like, hey, if you need it, we'll find it. Okay, so 30, 30 grand is one thing, but this is the biggest budget in the history of Erie, Pennsylvania. And if you were to ask me that a – uh, a community that's declining uh, in population, uh, not necessarily seeing increases in tax revenue, is spending the most that they've ever spent. That, to me, that's not a great uh, recipe for success. Yeah, I'm not actually going to argue with you at all on that. Uh, and, and here's the big thing. You point out that we're declining. Uh, and when Schember was on, I mean, he made it very clear that his, uh, that, that he's planning on the city grow. Planning, I'm going to say. Planning on growth, yes. Now, now, if you told me, if you if, if you stand with me and you say, hey, I've got this dream that Erie hits 100,000, I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. If you say, hey, i got a goal that this city hits 100,000, I'm probably going to walk away from you and say, hey, good for you, man. You go chase it. <laughs> right. If you say you've got a plan for it to be 100,000, I'm probably telling you that's stupid. You know, I mean, that's, wow. you know, that's, that's a bad way to plan. You know, our comprehensive plan says that we need to right-size you know, we need, we do not need to plan on growth until the number is measured. Now, right now, we're about the same population as Reading, right? They just okay. passed us up dead, yes. on, dead even. They've got 9,000 more people under the age of 18 than us and 6,000 people less than we do over the age of 65. Now, that looks that looks like growth because no offense to people over 65, but the stats show that they're not going to be around as long as people under 18. Right. So those are the kind of numbers I want to see. If I saw a demonstrative evidence you know that's a little redundant but if i had evidence that we were actually growing i would want to budget for growth but i think we need to budget for decline up until the sun belt burns up in global warming and they start moving back north which i'm not sure what year that's going to be but uh that's you know i i think we need to start hit looking and targeting a baseline of about eighty-five thousand. copy some of the stuff that creates growth longmont's the fastest growing city in the nation they uh they have citywide fiber optic uh, look at what Chattanooga is doing as a gig city. I mean, there's certain things that cities are doing for growth. Look at what Allentown and Reading did in the mid-90s to turn around their growth with a home rule charter, land value tax. Like, let's just copy the smart kids, and then maybe we'll start seeing growth, and then we could start planning for it. But there's aspects of this budget that I think are are planning for growth, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not that. I'm, 
I'm not. I'm a little too realistic for that. I don't know if you heard the show yesterday, but uh, property Chuck, development. Right? Property development. Yeah. We're talking to Chuck Peters, and he used the same exact metric that you're talking about. Is he can't get past the idea that unless you're growing population within the mu- municipality and certainly within the metro area, you you are still in decline. Yeah. And and, um, and any any amount of happy talk or aspirations or even looking at uh, cranes outside our window is not changing that particular metric. Again, we might be having a really wonderfully well-built city and, and, and fixing some wrongs that are being righted. We no longer live on Skid Row here yeah. on, on Fifth and State. We're actually in a in a vibrant uh, commercial district. But we have to change that particular metric of population. Uh, that has to turn around. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that it turns around. Like, actually, you know, Lerda and a few of these things, you know, we see measurements yeah. of what's being developed. But we're not we're not looking at the net. We're looking at the gross. You know, so we're looking at these houses and this development happening down here. Well, come to my block. I only live a couple blocks away from here. We've had three houses come down in the last 10 years. One more that's on the blighted property list and is due to come down. And I haven't seen any new building. So you got to take those and subtract that from what we're seeing on the development side to come up with a net number of what you should be expecting. And and I'm sorry to say it. You know, we're we're still in decline. So we just need more creative, adaptive, forward-thinking minds. To, to drive us that way I, I wrote something down you were you were you were talking about your uh, look at Reading versus Erie and to me that's a very data driven approach you're looking at the the, um, the the demographic cohorts and saying okay here's here's what Reading's got going for us here's what we don't have going for us and 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 I'm, I know that this that this administration and certainly this this community is committed to data driven situations how much though is it that we're that we're going on gut around here still it's not even just gut it's on memories you know it's when, not it's not even aspirational but it's like reflective yeah when we talk about having a city of a hundred thousand it's not what does a city of what does Erie look like with a hundred thousand people in 2030 2040 it's remember when Erie had a hundred thousand people and what we did with that and that's that's really a mindset that um you know that that I've that I've tried to break it against, and and then when I'm looking at other cities making comparisons, talking like Longmont's the fastest growing city of our size in the nation. I visited there last year when I had name, name it again. Which one is it? Longmont, in Colorado. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I went out. I had a conference in Denver, so I took a day trip up. Hung out with um, this really sweet city councilwoman there. That's a yeah. retired professor from uh, Boulder. Um, you know, it, it was it was great. And you try to pick their ideas. Instead of looking back, you try to look at what other people are doing to drive it forward. Um, a lot of the things that we're looking at for change are let's restore this program that we had 25 years ago before we had to make those cuts mm-hmm. to avoid bankruptcy. You know, Act 47. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, one I'm thinking about, too, is, um, you know, they're, they're, they're really changing law enforcement a little bit right now, too. Yeah, they're going back to, you know, having domestic violence units and things like that. Yeah, they are restoring three different departments that were cut 20 years ago. Um, You know, and and Longmont, for example, has a program called CORE or there's a program in Colorado called STAR. And there's like there's much more comprehensive. The number of Narcan doses that our police officers have given out this year is really shameful. But 
it doesn't have to be police officers giving Narcan. Right. That's an ineffective use of their services. Mm -hmm. When there's a homeless guy on the park bench sleeping, it doesn't need, he probably needs a social worker. That we need to be more efficient with these uh, services and, and provide better services. When you look over the budget, you know, you can look at personnel. Uh, fire department hasn't changed in years. Public works is, uh, since Schember came to office, they've reduced the public works department by two. Finance department got rid of someone. You know, like we, there's been departments across the board that have taken little cuts. City council has the same amount of staff. Treasurer has the same amount of staff. The mayor's office uh, has gone from four. Uh, he's asking for 10 this year. Uh, under Senate, it was four. Uh, you know, when you look at what the other cities have, Allentown, Reading, um, Beth, uh, Bethlehem, and Scranton. Yeah. You know, they're, all, they're all operating with that same range of four. Uh, Allentown is, is uh, five, but one of them is a grants director. We have that in a different department. Reading is four. Scranton's three. Five, uh, no, four. They wanted a communications manager, but they cut it, so they're back down to four. Bethlehem operates with three, and we operated with four historically. The mayor wants ten. What uh, what, what is the communication back and forth uh, when you deal with the... Uh... Well, we haven't had that meeting yet. Okay. And then the other department that has increased in the last five or six years has been the police, that we're up 19 officers in that department. Right. So, I mean, those are the two areas. When you look at, you know, like <clears throat> like when, when Public Works comes back and in the math... Fat, past couple years they've managed to cut two spots we say okay that's right sizing nice job that a boy and then you see these other part programs coming back and those are expensive departments that uh that I'm, i don't really see how they contribute to growth i don't see another mod another city that's growing its way out of its decline with more police or that's uh growing its way out of decline with uh you know more marketing uh or liaisons or communications Hang on. Uh, let's grab a phone call here. Um, hey, caller, you are live with uh, Councilman Nelson. I'd like to uh, correct Councilman Nelson on uh, one of his uh, statements he made about uh, in situations they need a counselor or somebody from crisis services rather than the services of a police officer. I was a police officer in the city of Erie for over 25 years. And when you get a crisis service uh, agent or, or member that's, you know, fresh out of college, about 120 pounds, and uh, has no real experience in the world going into a volatile situation, whether it's uh, somebody, a family having uh, issues with uh, one of their teenage kids or uh, husband and wife having marital issues, uh, in the past, crisis services have asked for officers to accompany them into those situations, and it's very necessary. If you're applying or, or, or you're administering Narcan uh, in a park to a homeless person surrounded by a bunch of homeless people, that's a very dangerous situation. Uh, I'm going to let him answer to you uh, off the air. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Um, what did he say to, to that? Council? Yeah, I, I was giving very specific examples. Uh, Core in uh, Longmont, Star in Denver. Uh, those are hybrid situations. Right. So I'm not talking about like just getting rid of cops. Uh, you know, there there is a need for safety in those situations. Um, you know, so making sure that so in their situation they have paramedics, crisis workers, uh, counselors, 
uh, sometimes fire and police working in mixed units. Kind of a team, a, a team approach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with the, uh, the retired officer at all uh, as far as a need for safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just sometimes, you know, I, I'm talking about it more of a Swiss Army knife approach right. to it than just coming at everything with the same blade. Again, the, the mayor has proposed the largest budget in Erie history. Is is it just outrageously too large at this point? You know, hundred thousand dollar bu- or hundred million dollar budget for a city our size is not outrageous. Okay, you know, I mean, I, I'm I'll be real frank about that. Um, where we put that budget is disproportionate. You know, uh, we don't know how we're you know, we're not we don't know how we're paving roads next year. I mean, the budget doesn't leave much room for that. We you know we have some our bond ran out, so it's about uh, we'll probably only be able to pay, pave about four miles of road. You know, there's some stuff that w- is going to end up being deferred maintenance, and we're adding uh, present staff liabilities. Wow. This this budget's being made up with, uh, you know, it's it, it's a balanced budget in some ways, but you know, we're still taking money from the water uh, prepayment. Right. Uh, that's 3.2 million dollars in this budget, and then the one-time use of ARP money. Mm-hmm. So those two combined for uh, about 5.8 million dollars in deficit that we're taking from these, you know, in the bank sources. Next year, that uh, that grows further. Uh, it's still about another three million from ARP. It's another three million from the water fund. But at that point, we still have a two million dollar deficit. Then the water money's out. We're at three point three, still with ARP money. I mean, we're looking at about we're looking at about fourteen when you take the ARP money out of the twenty seven budget. And he that's where he's hoping by twenty seven that that you know there would be more dollars coming in. Through property taxes and so on, that 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 the that the the worm would turn. Yeah, his in, budget in the next five years. Yeah, his budget in twenty seven includes eight million dollars in reimbursements. Most of that is ARP money that's already expired by that point because it's a generic generic formula right. put forward. So that's looking at about fourteen million dollar uh, deficit. Wow. And th- this is without the stock market hasn't been good this year. Mm-hmm. So our pension liabilities are going to be adjusted for after this year. It was really good last year. Um, you know, so there's. There's a lot of numbers to this that, uh, and and you know even that water prepayment that's money coming from 2050. Right. So you know I'm I'm concerned about how that looks long term. Um, yeah. Well, I, it, 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 you know you took a lot of flack, and probably even from me. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know when you said we want to limit the, the the police department at what 175 or something like that. Yeah, I only wanted to add two police officers instead of 21. Yeah. Um. In, in the grand scheme of things, are are you thinking that council should take another look at your proposals there? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was I said 175 because um, because that's the number I could get four votes at. Okay. Reading with the same poverty level and population as us does it with 166 officers. Really? They have half as many lieutenants, half as many detectives, half as many sergeants. Same number of people it's on so, the streets. This is this is kind of what Mill Creek went through too, where a lot of brass. Not a lot of uh, street cops. Yeah, and we, we're in the same situation. It's about a four-to-one ratio between both of us, or uh, what they were at, and yeah. it's usually recommended to be at about an eight-to-one ratio. Our lieutenant that, you know, puts boots on the cars, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lieutenant position instead of, like, a patrolman. Yeah. That's $109,000 salary. Mm. Plus, and, plus and don't get me started pension. on the boots. Yeah, plus eighty thousand in pension, plus wow. you know, like that's just a specific example where you know, does it need does it need to be as brass as that? Yeah, for that kind of role, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm not the chief, I'm not the mayor. I don't, I don't make those calls. I just ask for the bottom line and say that seems a little high. 
I've, I've only got a few minutes left with uh, Councilman Chuck Nelson, and I have to get here because you are sitting in my chair. I have to ask about this. Um, there, there was a lot of blowback between uh, uh, Councilman Nelson and Councilman Flores, Councilwoman Flores, and some of the older folks on on uh, on the uh, dais there in council. Uh, it's is it is it is it such a generational point of view that's uh, that's causing the conflict sometimes? Yes. Now let me let me obviously curb that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and 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 I you know I suggested and implied it, and maybe I left too much up for impl- uh, up to be implied. But I'm 38, you know, mm. and uh, and we talk about people being harassed by homeless or back alleys and stuff like i'm way more comfortable parking in a dark corner to save free parking at 21 years old when i was a college wrestler and walking down the alley like i probably foolishly so yeah and uh than i am now and i can only imagine what happens when i'm 76 77 72 71 you know like half of our elected officials in the city are there, there's a different fear fear level for that i don't care how much they hit the heavy bag as uh as it was suggested that it was uh, a good thing I wasn't there that day because they still hit the heavy. Ba- I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not too far removed from those days, but I, <laughs> we don't want to see that kind of. Yeah. Well, you don't really want to hear that kind of um, that kind of rhetoric yeah. coming from council. And, huh? and the other thing is, like, the brain actually changes to be yeah. more fearful. You know, like a vulnerable child versus a vulnerable elderly person, a child will start climbing up the stairs and actually put themselves in dangerous positions because their brain's still exploring the world. Mm. It's not their brain's not focused on preserving. The area of the brain that declines at the slowest rate is the part that causes fear. They live in a different level of fear. They're less concerned about a budget that happens in the future. One of our councilmen literally said, I'm not worried about the deficit. I'm not sure if I'll still be here for that. You know, wow. that's that's an actual mindset. So it's a heavier level of fear. It's a less futuristic outlook. And, yeah, that's a big difference for me and Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and you know, I I love those guys. You know, I mean, no, don't, don't take it as, like, a fighting thing. Like, I... Like I said, man. I, I mean, are you communicating? You having coffee and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I take. You know, I went out just before that. I went out for breakfast with Brzezinski and said all that same stuff to his face, and then yeah. he said it back to my face, and there was, you know, some some jolly joking back and forth. Yeah. And then when I say it in the paper, it's a different, you know, right, right. And and hey, I I get it. It was yeah. It was yeah. uh, you know, but the the we're we're good. You know, okay. I mean, like I get I get along with Ed really well. Yeah. I really like. I genuinely. Uh, you know, he he likes to pull me aside and tell me about, hey, here's where the bodies are hidden. Here's who you gotta. Right. Here's where the resources are. Here's mm-hmm. how we do it. Um, you know, I and I, I go out with some of those guys older. I mean, like I made the joke earlier about going out. I don't even know if I said that on the air or off the air, but yeah. you know, like I go out to breakfast with Capa Bianco and yeah. Fred Rush and a bunch of the old timer yeah, yeah. guys sure. on occasion. And uh, I mean, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. But when you have such a disproportionate voice that 15% of the population in Erie is over. Uh, you know, over 70 and half the representation is, you know, everything else, the women will say, you know, for the last four years, it's been misogyny from Liz Allen saying, hey, right. women are underrepresented. Mm-hmm. And then you come out and say that maybe young people are underrepresented and now it's ageism against the old people. Right. I don't have, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to grant that argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to leave it there because I'm out of time. <laughs> <laughs> but it is remarkable to me because... Here, here's 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 my hypothesis about this town is that, yeah, incredible things are happening. We're chronicling that on the show, but you have to stay clear-eyed about the challenges, and you have to have data. You can't gut this thing out 
or nostalgia this thing out to where we want our kids and grandkids so that they choose to stay here, right? Yeah, I mean, my daughters are 13 and 10. That's what I'm doing this for. I don't want to have to move in 20 years to go be closer to my grandkids. And that's the kind of predicament that I'm in. Councilman Chuck Nelson, I appreciate it. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.